Hey there, and welcome to this special bonus episode entitled Why You Should Care About Estrogen Metabolism More Than Just About Anything Else When It Comes to Period Problems. And that title was long enough, so I didn't add perimenopause because this is even bigger maybe in perimenopause, but it really should be something that we all know and understand way before perimenopause. We should know about it right from when we first start our periods. So you might be like, okay, estrogen metabolism, what is that? Don't worry. I didn't understand this until a few years ago either. And yet it has such a huge impact on our periods and things like fibroids and cysts and even breast cancer. And really a lot of the bad things that we associate with our periods, it comes down to how your body is metabolizing estrogen. So what is estrogen metabolism? So I'm going to do my best within 15 minutes to break down this very scientific and complicated process, right? Because it's something that we should all know the basics of. So I'm going to take a little bit of the science, but hopefully put it into some wording that you're going to get and be able to apply in your own world. And I'm doing this episode because I had like five clients last week that estrogen metabolism was a big issue after we got their tests back, their Dutch tests back. And so to me, it's something that, you know, none of them knew anything about beforehand. I used to know nothing about it, wish I'd known about it years ago. So hopefully breaking this down for you today is going to empower you as you move forward in dealing with any hormone issues that you might be having. So let's start with what is estrogen metabolism? So I will sort of interchangeably use the words metabolism and detoxification during this little um, presentation for you today because they're essentially the same thing, right? Everything that we take into the body has to be broken down or metabolized and made to be not toxic to us, right? and moved out of the body. And that is where the liver comes in. The liver does this amazing job of everything that we eat, drink, and vibe, taking it, running it through the liver, making it water-soluble and non-toxic, and then moving it out via our bowels. What most of us don't know, and I didn't know until the past few years really, is that we also have to metabolize or detoxify our hormones. Yes, so even these things that we are creating in our body have to, once we've used them, need to be processed through the liver, metabolized, detoxified, whatever you want to say, and then put together in a nice little package, move to the bowels, and then out the body, right? So this is really, if you think about how our body works, this is the process with everything. Take it in, use what you need, metabolize, move out what you don't need. So estrogen in particular can become a bad guy when we're not metabolizing or detoxifying it through the liver and the bowels properly, right? And I hate that estrogen in general, if you listen to you know, anything about perimenopause in particular, but even other times in uh, a woman's cycling life, estrogen gets a really bad rap, you know, and I for years felt that way too, because I was like, I have this big fibroid that led to this horrible surgical mishap due to estrogen. But what I've learned is it's really how my body was metabolizing that estrogen or how well it was not metabolizing that estrogen that is really the issue. We need estrogen, right? We need 
um, it for our bone health. We need it for our hair, skin, and nails. We need it for um, lubrication. We need it for good vaginal tissue. We need it for a plethora of things. I mean, our insulin is distinctly connected to estrogen. Like there's so many good things that estrogen does, but we want to use it move it out. Okay. So basically what happens here is we have a phase one and phase two detoxification or metabolism that happens in our liver, right? So phase one, phase two, everything goes through phase one and phase two, but today we're just talking about estrogen. Then phase three actually occurs in our colon, right? So that liver worked really hard to detoxify that estrogen. And then it moves through our colon and our microbiome or basically how our gut bacteria are doing in our colon can actually unfortunately muck up everything that the liver did and let that estrogen sort of recirculate in the body. And then your liver has to detoxify it again, right? This is where we can get those higher levels of estrogen that we don't want. We don't want things to be too high. Again, we want to use it, move it through the body, get it out, right? So if you were watching the video version of this, this is going to be a little easier, um, but I'm going to try my best to explain even if you don't see what I'm sharing here. So first thing I'm sharing here that hopefully will help you to understand a little bit more of what is going on is the estrogen metabolism pathways, okay? So we've got estradiol, which is our most potent estrogen while we are cycling women. We also have estrone, which is more potent um, when we go into menopause, but we still have it also while we are cycling women. Um, it is not as potent at any point as estradiol is, right? So it's a little bit of safer um, estrogen. So these two can actually um, go back and forth. And I'm going to show you in the next little graphic about how they can sort of um, go back and forth. And and uh, when you need more of one or the other, it can actually um, go in both directions versus estriol does not. So anyways, estradiol, estrone, move to, to estrone, and then it's going to be detoxified or metabolized in the liver through both phase one and phase two liver detox. Right here, we are actually seeing phase one. So you can see they go into the liver and then it can go down either this 2-OH pathway right here, this 4-OH pathway, which is right here, and then the 16-OH pathway, which is right here. And you can see if you're watching this, that that 2-OH pathway is green and is green because we're like, go down that pathway as much as you possibly can, right? We want the majority of our estrogen metabolizing down what is called the protective or safe pathway, right? This is basically where the estrogen becomes less intense, potent, less able to cause issues and just continue on to being moved out of the body, right? Here we have the 4-OH. And if you're looking at this on YouTube or on, this may hopefully be on Anchor too in video form or on Spotify, excuse me, you'll see that 4-OH is a red pathway. And that is because this sucker is the one we want 
ultimately the estrogen going down probably the least of the three because it is DNA damaging or carcinogenic, right? It's just more apt to cause issues with your DNA. And we don't like that, especially when it comes to cancer, right? Because cancer truly is uh, DNA that has been damaged and oxidized over time, right? And then tumors grow from that. Our third option here is that 16-OH pathway. And this is one that is, it, it has both its good and bad points. Let's put it that way. It's considered the proliferative pathway. So in one sense, you know, we need good, strong bones from estrogen. And this pathway is going to help when we're talking about bone building. But proliferative also means growth inducing for things like fibroids and cysts and polyps. Um, and here we are, we don't like that fibrocystic breasts, things like that. We don't like those growths, right? right? We don't want this happening in the body. So we essentially do not want too much estrogen going down either that 4-OH pathway or that 16-OH pathway. We want the majority of it metabolizing down that 2-OH pathway. So again, this is phase one of liver detox, right? So basically phase one is like, hey, we're taking something super toxic and potent and making it a little less toxic and a little less potent. I'm going to share something in a minute that hopefully will help you understanding these three phases a little bit better, but let's continue down this path. So I'm going to stop the share of that and I'm going to share with you another uh, deeper dive into our detox pathways. And that is our estrogen uh, elimination that we see here in this graphic. So we've already covered in that first part, right? How estradiol and estrone, they can go back and forth and convert if they need to. And then once we're talking about being metabolized or detoxified, it happens from that estrone and it goes down either that 2-OH or that 4-OH or that 16-OH pathway. And in this one, you can see a little bit better. We got that smiley face over here on that 2-OH pathway. We really want a good percentage going down that 2-OH pathway. 4-OH, you can see here goes down into not so fun land. We've got a not smiley face. We've got a angry red face as it can um, cause that damage. And then the 16-OH is sort of medium unhappy, right? Because again, we some of it is useful, but a lot of it um, we don't want going down that pathway. Okay, so that was a little bit more about phase one. So I want to share with you now... Um, a snapshot of a Dutch test, because this is why I love this hormone lab, which is a dried urine analysis. If you've never heard of it, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've certainly heard me talk about it. I've had um, the medical director from Dutch on the podcast in the past and part of my groups. So you know about the Dutch, but if you haven't been around here, it is a dried urine test and it's a fantastic test that covers all of our hormones, our sex hormones, but also tells us how things are metabolizing. So here is that phase one. Again, I'm just beating this into your head so that you understand um, what is going on. The more times we hear these things, right, the more they stick. So you have that 2-OH, aka protective pathway, and then you have that 4-OH is the 
DNA damaging. We don't want too much going down that pathway. And then we've got that 16-OH, which is the proliferative fibroid cysts, but also can help with bone health kind of pathway. And what's great about this test, I'm not going to go super deep into it right now, but we really can see what you're favoring, which pathway you're favoring, which means where the estrogen is going down the most or where it's being metabolized at most in that phase one. And if you're falling into expected percentages or not, and then we know how to start to take from either the 4-OH pathway or 16-OH pathway, if you are preferring one of those pathways, how to take that estrogen and start pushing it down that 2-OH protective pathway. So this is your phase one here. Down here is your phase two. So remember I talked about there's three phases of estrogen metabolism metabolism or detoxification. So here is our phase two. Phase one has said, well, we're super toxic. Taking it through, we're making it a little less toxic. Phase two is like, we're gonna take that little less toxic and we're gonna make it water soluble. So, you know, phase two is super important to make sure that whatever has happened in phase one keeps moving through your liver and becoming water soluble to move out of the body. So down here, we can see what is happening in your phase two to make sure that your phase two is kind of matching your phase one. And I'll talk a little bit more about why we want to make sure phase one and phase two are both working well. But basically think about it. If your phase one is like doing its thing, but then phase two is not working as well, things are going to get backed up, right? And that can cause issues too. If you're watching this, you can see me with my little crossing my fingers. We don't want that. Okay, so quickly, we're going to cover phase three, which, as I mentioned, happens in the colon. And I think this is a good little graphic where it kind of shows the whole like scenario, right? So basically, the pathway of estrogen is it is produced in your ovaries um, and, you know, so a bit of it in your adrenals, but the majority while you're a cycling woman is produced in the ovaries. And then basically it moves its way into your body and then that body pushes it to the liver. Once it's used, like I said, we want to use it and move it out. And that liver does its job, that phase one and phase two that we just talked about. And then it pushes it through actually the bile that is produced in the liver and stored in the gallbladder. And it is pushed down into your colon, right? So in a healthy situation, when you have a good uh, gut microbiome, aka essentially your bacteria levels are nice and balanced, right? So you know about the good bacteria, you know about taking probiotics. We want to have enough of those good guys to balance out any of the bad guys that are hanging out in your intestines. Imagine there's too many bad guys. Then what can happen, you can see down here in an unhealthy microbiome, aka too many bad guys, not enough good guys. You have that production of estrogen in your ovaries, it moves into your body, that goes to your liver, liver does all that hard work, and then bam, goes down into your gut and your colon. And then a little enzyme called beta-glucuronidase can actually, what we call deconjugate, or just basically break apart that hard work that your liver did to kind of bind it all up, right? In a little pretty package to move it out of your body. So the beta-glucuronidase can basically come in and be like, we're ripping this package open and poof, that estrogen gets to recirculate or recycle through your body and then has to go back up to the liver to be detoxified or metabolized again. 
So you can see here, most estrogen goes back to the body. So I mentioned already the, you know, complications that can happen with 16-OH pathway. And if that phase one, if you're preferring that 16-OH uh, pathway, which includes things like fibroid cysts, fibrocystic breasts. But let's talk about some of the other issues that I see when phase one is not working too well, okay? We can see um, too much or too long of cycles. We can see, you know, excessive bleeding. We can see a lot of blood clots. When you see a lot of blood clots, that's really a good indication that your estrogen is probably not metabolizing as well as it could be. We can see, you know, really full-blown issues like PMDD that lasts a really long time. We can see, um, you know, uh, cramping. We can see all of these major, major things that come up around our periods that we just hate, right? And why we hate our period. And the reason I wish I would have known all this when I was younger was because I had horrible, horrible cramps growing up. And the reality is in the work that I've done on my body since having my fibroid removed um, and having, you know, to rebuild my gut after losing half of my colon, I work incessantly on my estrogen metabolism to make sure that A, I'm not growing another fibroid, but B, to make my period kind of a breeze, right? So I, at this point, really have minimal PMS. Some months I don't have any at all. You know, I just know my period's coming because I track it. Um, I basically have three days of bleeding at this point, never more than sort of medium amounts of bleeding. I don't really have blood clots very rarely. Um, I don't have cramps anymore. And that's something that I really dealt with for so much of my life. Right. And this all comes back to working on my estrogen metabolism. Yes. I work on my progesterone. I work on my, uh, cortisol, making sure that my adrenals are balanced, making sure my thyroid is balanced. You know, it's, there's never just a one and done thing, but that real big focus on the estrogen metabolism is huge. So, Finishing up with phase three, if you don't have your gut working well, then that means that it's going to be recycled, recirculated or recycled and your liver is going to have to do that hard work again. So we want to make sure gut and liver are really working well to make sure that that estrogen metabolism is happening well, getting out of your body. Okay. So last thing I want to show you here. Um, and then I will finish up with what I'm saying here is we've got that wonderful Dutch test that I showed you earlier to tell us how that phase one and phase two is doing in your metabolism. So how do you know about phase three, three? So, you know, how things are going in your gut? Well, we have the GI map. It's amazing, right? Cause it's a gut test, but it has this fantastic marker for your estrogen metabolism in your gut. And that's that beta-glucuronidase, that enzyme I talked about just a minute ago, that if it's off or it's too high, you can see here, you want that normal level to be under 2,486. If it's above that, then you're definitely having issues. And that unfortunately means that you're going to have higher estrogen levels than you would like more than likely because that estrogen is being recirculated because of that 
enzyme coming in and messing up things. So this is why it's really important to work on your gut health. You've got to make sure your microbiome is doing what it needs to do, that you have enough of those good guys, that you bring down those bad guys if they're too high, so that this number and this enzyme right here is, you know, nice and low so that you're moving all of that sweet, sweet detoxified estrogen out of your bowels. Peace out, right? Okay. So I am sure that I've probably already gone over 15 minutes as I do, but I just want to make sure that I mention a couple of things. So for example, going back to like what I do in order to help my estrogen metabolism. So I certainly utilize DIM um, for myself. And this is something that you may or may not have heard of DIM, D-I-M before. Um, it is a compound that is found in cruciferous vegetables. And that's the, just the shortened name of it. I don't even attempt to actually say the scientific name of it. Um, but it is very helpful with doing what we talked about earlier, taking from that 4-OH pathway or the 16-OH pathway and pushing it down the protective 2-OH pathway. Problem is people hear that and they say, oh, let's take DIM. You want to make sure that your phase two is doing well, your phase two detox is doing well if you're going to upregulate that phase one, right? And this is where the Dutch test comes in. It's so helpful because you're going to have to do some things for phase two if it's not doing so well. And honestly, a lot of the times, even if your phase two is seemingly, seemingly doing well, if you start upregulating that phase one, you want to make sure that you're really supporting phase two too, because it could be an onslaught all of a sudden, right? If you're starting to push all of that estrogen down that phase two, excuse me, 2OH pathway, you want to make sure phase two is like, okay, I'm ready. I can take this, right? I can handle the amount. And here's one where I want to bring in the analogy that Dr. Carrie Jones, um, who is with Rupa Health now, and she was with the Dutch test for a long time. She has this great analogy. So hopefully this will help you picture what's happening. So if you think of this detoxification process of estrogen as being a bathtub, right? And your phase three is that sewage where things are going out into the ground and away from the bathtub, right? Your phase two are the drain, it's the drain that is going down. And then your phase one is the bathtub, okay? So if you picture that, so again, phase three is the sewage system, getting it away from the bathtub. Your phase two is the drain, and then your phase one is the bathtub. Imagine if your phase three, that sewage system, aka our sewage system, is backed up, then that means more is going to hang out in phase two and then back up in phase one, right? You got to make sure phase three is working well before you ever try and upregulate either phase one or phase two. You know, say phase three is working well, but phase two has a little bump in the road, as I just mentioned, you upregulate, you know, you have more water happening in that bathtub and then if the drain isn't working, what's going to happen? That water is going to overflow from that bathtub, right? That ain't a good look. So you want to make sure that your drain is nice and clear so that water can go down it and out the sewage system, right? So this is why we want to make sure that all three are working well without just you know focusing on one and using something like DIM on its own. So I've seen women, this happen, they start using DIM and they feel worse. And it's like, well, more than likely your phase two or your phase three was not working well. So these things all work together. Anyways, what can you take from this? So absolutely, if you can get tested to see how your phase one, phase two, and phase three are doing. Can't do that? 
there's some other things that you can do. So big things that you want to look into are really supporting that phase one and phase two, right? So cruciferous vegetables are a big deal. As I mentioned, that's where the dim compound comes from. It's just a lot stronger in dim. Um, you want to make sure that your phase two is doing well with enough B vitamins. That's a big part of phase two. You want to make sure you have enough glutathione, which is our master antioxidant for phase two. You want to um, sometimes in some cases use something like calcium D-glucurate to help upregulate that phase two. It also can help phase three. Okay, so there are some products where you can get a combination of these things in the product. One of my favorite is Dim Detox. So if you can't test, I would say, you know, if you're having a lot of these symptoms that um, I've mentioned today that points towards that estrogen metabolism being an issue, particularly if you flat out have fibroids, if you flat out have ovarian cysts, things like that, you can take a product very slowly, start very slowly, um, like dim detox, which has a combination of helping support phase one and phase two. Of course, I don't know your case. I, you are not a client of mine. So this is not a recommendation for you. It is something that, you know, in my situation, if that's what was up and I didn't have a chance to test, I would um, look into the possibility of using. Um, but certainly all the other ways that you can help support your liver, lemon and warm water first thing in the morning, drinking things like dandelion or nettle tea, eating beets. Those are super helpful for both your liver and your gallbladder. Castor oil packs are super helpful for liver detox. There's lots of things that you can do to basically just like make sure that you are aka metabolizing or detoxifying your estrogen better than you already are. Okay. So I know that was probably a little more than I even wanted to dive into in terms of the science of it, but I hope that you got something from this today and shoot me a message if you need some more guidance on it. I really highly recommend this is worth working with a practitioner and testing for your body so that you don't make things worse. Um, but, you know, going into some of the basics of the foods and um, you know, the, the things like casserole packs and even Epsom salt baths and things like that, um, are usually safe to try on your own. So hope that you got something out of that and enjoy that. And I'll see you next time.